A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus and his disciples drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find an ass tethered and a cold wither. Untie them and bring them here to me. And if anyone should say anything to you, reply, The master has need of them. Then he will send them at once. This happened so that what had been spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Say to daughter Zion, Behold, your king comes to you, meek and riding on an ass, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had ordered them. They brought the ass and the colt and laid their cloaks over them, and he sat upon them. The very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and strewed them on the road. The crowds preceding him and those following kept crying out and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had entered Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken and asked, Who is this? And the crowds replied, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. That gospel, of course, is not the the regular gospel of the day, the full-length gospel uh, proclaimed during Holy Mass. Um, it's the gospel which, sadly, we are not hearing this year on account of not having uh, the solemn masses to be able to bless palms. It's that gospel that our Lord uh, allows us to hear his mindfulness of us. Um, that he has indeed come to provide for us. And certainly he provides many things. First and foremost, he provides salvation. He provides mercy. He provides um, his, his teachings, his word. Uh, but today we rejoice in the gift of his example, of the example that he gives to us in entering into Jerusalem, that place where Although today he is greeted in the gospel we just read, he is greeted with great joy and acclamation, Hosanna, they, they cry out, Hosanna, basically a, a shout of exultation, you know, Yahoo type of thing. And the simple reality is that, that our Lord is greeted with great fervor and great love by many who have come to the holy city, but also, as it says, the city is shaken, that there are many who are, who are not rejoicing at this coming of Jesus into Jerusalem. I've mentioned a few weeks back, maybe a couple of months back now, um, the aspect of liturgical providence, this reality that, that our blessed Lord, knowing in advance all things that are to take place, has set things for us so that by his, by his guidance, by his direction, at the time when we are most in need, he will already have placed things there for us. Much in the way that he, that he points forward and says, there's, a, there's an ass and a colt up there, go get them. And in the gospel uh, for today, the, the disciples go to prepare a place. And he says, go into the town, you know, go into the city. There's a man, tell him the master has need of his house. And they go and they find everything exactly as it is. And so our blessed Lord, he, he, he knows these things that are taking place. He knows the things that are ahead. They are, not, um, they are not mysteries to him. And even more so, he understands our needs in our time. 
And very, very often, he places on our lips the prayers that we need in that moment, which we couldn't have figured out otherwise, which we couldn't have have planned more perfectly if we had done this ourselves. And one of those ways that we see liturgical providence happening today is in the opening collect, the, the opening prayer for Mass. As I said, our Lord, he comes and he also sets forth an example And this is what we're to look to today, especially in this time, the example of Christ. The opening prayer today, addressing God the Father, says, Almighty, ever-living God, who as an example of humility for the human race to follow, caused our Savior to take flesh and submit to the cross, graciously grant that we may heed his lesson of patient suffering, and so merit a share in his resurrection who lives and reigns with you and the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. As I was praying with those prayers and the, the readings today, it just struck me that, that the Lord has placed on the lips of his priest offering Mass all throughout the church, all throughout the world, this plea for themselves and for their people, that all of us might be able to to take heed of the lesson of, lesson of patient suffering of Jesus, and so merit a share in his resurrection. And we can take heed of the example of Jesus, his patient sufferings. I think many of us have, have listened to various commentaries, whether political or in the midst of our community or on social media, about what all is going on and and you know we can look at we're looking at numbers and graphs and charts and and all kinds of things and we're hearing explanations of this and that and 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 you know all, all kinds of uh, basically a lot of hearsay but also a lot of a lot of things that are truth and one of the things that this I guess in the midst of this is it's easy for all this to seem as if it's just something that that it's um that the Lord's not in in the midst of this, um, but indeed everything that takes place um, for reasons that are unknown to us, the Lord allows things to happen, or sometimes is active in bringing forth particular things in the in this world. And I'm not here to say that that the Lord God is is you know scourging us. Uh, that in, that in, that he's sending, you know, that that he whipped up uh, a coronavirus uh, to be able to to bring great suffering upon the world. But there is a reality that it's possible that he has allowed it to take place, so that he can use it to bring forth this thing that we're praying for today: humility of heart, that we can be able to experience uh, patient suffering and experience the fullness of joy and resurrection. It's often been said that we, that we don't know how good things are until we know how bad things are. I've mentioned this before, that, that we don't know the good news of salvation until we know the bad news of sin. And this, this reality is that, that sometimes um, 
we can easily, especially in our culture today, we can, it's so easy to be comfortable in our world today, to, to be able to have things, you know, as we want it, when we want it, how we want it, where we want it, and all kinds of things that our, our culture, especially here in the States, that, that it seeks to, to kind of thrive on this, you know, uh, in, in so many ways, you know, from Amazon Prime shipping to be there in, in two days or to, to have your, your, your cheeseburger ready and, uh, you know, by the time you pull up to the next window and to be able to have the stuff that we normally have um, as a, the course of our daily life, it's, it's easy for us to get caught up in this um, complacency of our hearts and to be able to, to seek comfort and to seek our own will rather than to seek after the will of the Lord. And the simple, the simple reality is, is that, that the Lord is inviting us, regardless of our spiritual state, whether, whether we were already on the straight and narrow and, and you know, well ascending the heights, of, the heights of holiness and spirituality, or if we're kind of still in the, in the, stuck in the valley of tears, our blessed Lord is still calling us to be able to enter in and to grow in humility. Um, a world around us again, um, and not just around us. I mean, within us, uh, I see so many, so many of the things that, that we can critique about society that that not taking the faith seriously, people not not prioritizing, you know, a life of prayer, allowing family life to crumble um, in so many ways that there's there's division, um, you know, just great division, dramatic division, uh, increasing division within our country, hardness in many hearts. Um, you know, in, in this this kind of reliance upon ourselves and our own deeds, upon our own our own abilities, our own strengths, um, these are not things that are exterior necessarily. I, uh, this this is my examination of conscience here. Um, you know, and, and to recognize that that these things are happening around us, but also within us. And the remedy of all of this is humility is to recognize that ultimately God is God and I am not. And to be able to come and, and to enter into his presence um, with a grateful heart, with a, a, a heart touched by his mercy, uh, filled with his love, uh, conformed to the heart of Jesus, that we can live like Jesus and that we can live something more of the life of our Lord uh, in this world, and this is this is what this is what Lent is about. This is this is the whole reality of Lent, um, is that the the first thing we do, and, and this is on, on Ash Wednesday. You know, when people people flock to the churches to be able to to be um, blessed with ash, which is a, a sign that you know. Remember, you were dust, and to dust you shall return. We're we're marked with a a, a sign that we go proclaim to the world that we are broken, that we are not in charge of ourselves, uh, that we are not everything that we can be, but that we need God's help to become that. We need God's help ultimately to be able to, to wash us clean, to pick us up and to make us uh, into the saints that we were called to be from the first but that we struggle to be on account of our sinfulness. So the first thing we experienced in, in Lent was the signing with the cross, with the ashes. And then throughout Lent, of course, a whole variety of, of ways in which you know, the, the, the Lord works with us 
to be able to, to strengthen us in holiness, um, to be able to, to bring us a deeper humility and awareness of our need for God. Over and over and over, we heard these stories, these encounters of individuals encountering Jesus, meeting Jesus, engaging with our Lord, and their lives being changed because of it. And very often, they're the lowly ones. They're the, 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 the sinners, right? The, the lowest ones of society, the ones that everyone else around them um, kind of shrinks back a bit whenever they walk into the room. And it's these that Jesus comes and shows mercy to. And it's these that the Mother Church holds up as a model for us to, to, to be able to look to, is to recognize the, the power of the mercy of Jesus, there's a wonderful story. I forget who exactly it was. It was a a, a priest who was called in to give last rites um, to a man who was in, in, in the Nazi army and who had done unthinkable things. And he was called in, the priest was called in to be able to give him last rites. And the priest went in and normally normally when, when you pray the prayer of absolution, it's a private thing. It's a quiet thing. It's a, an intimate moment with Jesus. But this priest recognizing what was taking place in, in the, the the gravity of what the man had done, rather than to quietly pray the prayer, he shouted the prayer of absolution to forgive the man of his sins as a way of letting everyone know within earshot that God's mercy is so abundant that even this man is able to receive of it even taking into account all that he had done. The simple fact is that that Mother Church holds up these examples of people who are caught in in serious sin as a reminder to us that, that God can always raise us up if we're willing to be humble, if we're willing to throw ourselves at the feet of Jesus, if we're willing to, to beg for mercy, if we're willing to place our trust in the Lord, the Lord God can and will raise us up. And so this is what Mother Church is inviting us to. This is what the Lord is inviting us to during this time as we continue in this quarantine, as we begin Holy Week in the most absurd of fashions, watching Mass on TV, watching, you know, having, having various little prayer services at home and, and, and these various things, rather than to gather as a community, rather than to, than to have the, the holiest week of the year with packed churches like we normally would, we will have them with empty churches, with a priest quietly offering the mysteries. It seems absurd to us. In the midst of, of, of all that's taking place, there is suffering. Some of it is great. You know, we've got our, our healthcare professionals who are working in, in, in stress conditions and certainly with, with fear for their own selves or their own safety, their own lives. We've got families who are separated because of, of quarantine, not knowing able to, able to, to communicate, not, not being able to, to be together. Um, that, we, that we have you know, people who are, you know, on account of, of the, the economy and things who are losing, um, the, losing their retirement, losing their security, losing their jobs. Um, and, and certainly we stand to see many more losses in the days ahead. But maybe your losses aren't that big. Maybe your sufferings are that you, you can't get to the gym like you normally do. Maybe you, 
you know your your internet's on the fritz and you can't get the netflix that you want to that you want to stream continuously or maybe you just ran out of that food that you that you wanted or, or you know they the grocery store will only let you buy one loaf of bread and one loaf of bread just isn't enough you know um the whether our our sufferings are great or whether they are small um the lord has placed upon our lips today the prayer that we would be able to endure our sufferings patiently just like jesus to accept them not to not to enjoy them necessarily i mean this is the reality that jesus wasn't excited to go to the cross but he knew the fruits that would come from it he knew what would take place and he invites us to join with him in, in following in this triumphal procession today and continuing to enter more and more deeply into this this holy week to walk with him uh, and to experience on Wednesday, his the the betrayal, you know, the, the spy Wednesday. Judas begins to look for an opportunity to betray Jesus. Holy Thursday, we have the institution of the Eucharist, and and Jesus goes out knowing that that was his last meal with his disciples, and he goes out to await his arrest. Friday, of course, and Good Friday, when we when we uh, commemorate that that day in which our blessed Lord offered his life for us to bring us salvation. Holy Saturday, when when all is still in the world when there is just simply silence, even in life of prayer in the church. This, there's no mass, there's no liturgy for Saturday. We anticipate the evening time liturgy as the Sunday liturgy. So Holy Saturday, the, the one day where there's no mass, there's no specific liturgy for the church throughout the whole year. Holy Saturday, a day of, of quiet, of contemplation, of, of a day of hope. And that hope being fulfilled, of course, on Easter Sunday. Because we know that if we unite ourselves to Jesus Christ, whatever sufferings we endure, whether physical, spiritual, emotional, or otherwise, whatever sufferings we endure, there is always resurrection. This is our hope. This is the hope that Jesus has has placed deeply within our hearts and desires to continue to increase within us. The hope of the knowledge of his goodness and of resurrection. So as we begin this Holy Week today, we hear those words and we pray to be able to heed those words of following the example of Jesus, that we might be able to be humble, that we might be able to endure the sufferings that we are are invited to take up in this time, to pick up the crosses given to us in this time, to patiently walk with them, to ask the Lord's help, to ask our Blessed Mother's help, to ask our, our, our guardian angels and our patron saints, to ask them to help us, to walk with us, to be with us, to plead for us, to give us strength, to be able to, to allow ourselves to be humbled before the Lord. We might be able to rejoice in even greater fullness of joy on Easter Sunday, the day of resurrection knowing that even if we can't go to Mass then, at the end of this time of great suffering that we're all enduring, that at the end of this, the Lord God desires to raise us up. And He will raise us up with purified hearts, with humbled hearts, with hearts filled with joy at returning to the house of God. And so this is, this is our plea, this is our prayer. That indeed, Almighty, ever-living God, who as an example of humility for the human race to follow, caused our Savior to take flesh and submit to the cross. 
graciously grant that we may heed his lesson of patient suffering and so merit a share in his resurrection. One thing that I would invite each of you uh, to be able to do this week uh, and to do it, I would encourage you as soon as you can, as you can get to it, on our parish website, goodsaintanne.com, uh, at the at the top of the page, there's a little a little button, you know, praying together um, through COVID. I think is the title of it. If I'm not I'm not certain. There's a little button at the top though, and it's an invitation for us, you know, praying together in this time. And I'd invite you to click on that page and to go down. There's uh, of course there's two things. One is uh, on that page there's a, a a little image of our schedule of events here at St. Anne and St. Vincent for the next two weeks. Uh, a lot of things will be online, so we'll be doing some more audio posting, but we will have some in-person things where we're still going to be social distancing, kind of come stay in your car uh, and then leave. So there'll be no kind of mingling or gathering anything, of course, um, but opportunities for us to to be able to to honor our blessed Lord, to be able to to live out our faith during this holiest week of the year. Uh, and so uh, part of that is that is that little schedule on there where you can kind of see what's coming up and see what you might be able to participate in, what it might be able to uh, to kind of interest you there. But then also, I would encourage you to be able to go uh, on that same page. There's also a button uh, of for resources for Holy Week. Uh, the Diocese of Phoenix in Arizona, their Office of Worship put together an absolutely incredible packet, uh, a 150-page uh, PDF document of resources for the next two weeks. Uh, it's got just an an incredible, uh, an incredible amount of resources. It's got coloring sheets for kids. It's got videos for kids. It's got adults uh, videos for for adults. It's got uh, it's got the the readings and the prayers for the mass for each day. It's got different devotions that can be done, you know, the Divine Mercy Chaplet and various other um, other things that can be done in the home. It's got activities about how how to be able to pray through these weeks, uh, how to be able to take advantage of these things, um, and not just allow not, not just allow uh, our our keeping holy the Sabbath to be watching. Watching a priest do mass on TV is as as you know as as enjoyable as that might be to some degree, but to 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 strive to enter in more deeply, uh, it, into the season, you know, to recognize that that this is uh, a time of suffering. But if we if we draw close to Jesus, if we, if we if we allow our lives to be lives marked by um, you know some some order of prayer, um, that all the more fruitful. Uh, will be the sufferings we endure, both for ourselves, for our family, for our community, and for our nation and world. Because indeed, our our world needs us. Um, our world needs prayers. Um, as a priest, everywhere I go, people are, <laughs> Father, make sure you pray for us. Make sure you keep praying. Make sure you keep praying. Um, and so they're they're saying that to me. And and you know, as the the shepherd of our community, as the as the head of the community, in some sense, and and we're inviting you and reminding you. To do the same, to to keep praying, uh, to keep keep holding on uh, to hope, uh, keep 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 getting in touch with each other, you know, to to be able to make use of social media and phone calls and everything otherwise. Um, continue to lift up your hearts, to lift up your heads, rejoice in God's goodness in these days, and um, really to to enter into this holy week. Uh, like I said, it's it's 
a holy like we holy week like we've never experienced before, and we pray we'll never have to experience again. Um, but all the more so, um, does it mean that it can be fruitful? And so, I hope you have a, a happy holy week. Uh, like I said, engage in engage in whatever opportunities you can as far as things offered in the life of the church. And know of my daily prayers for you, daily offerings of Mass for you, time spent before the Blessed Sacrament in the in the tabernacle. Um, that these things that, uh, you know, you may not be here um, in, in physical uh, in physical proximity to the church, uh, but you are certainly uh, in my heart as I, as I continue to go before the Lord to ask his blessings um, upon each of you, upon your families, upon everybody who's listening in our, our entire community, our world. Um, just asking God's abundant grace to be poured out upon us that we'll hopefully see very soon an end uh, to this crisis and a return of peace and uh, and a return of, of public worship, much to the joy of our hearts.